This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. I'm going to jump right into the Word because uh, this is probably just going to be um, not a series, just a, a single message. And this is something that from the night of worship, the Lord just quickened a word to me. And if you were here, I, I just I kind of touched on it just a, a little bit, and uh, I could not get away from it. I guess we all do our boy, these ushers. I, I am here. I am alert. I am awake in Jesus' name. We're going to give, and we're going to like it. <laughs> If you need an envelope for your giving, lift your hand. Just keep it raised. If you're making a check this morning, make it to Church of the Harvest, or you can put C-O-T-H. The Word of God says that when we give our tithe, we are re returning to God what belongs to Him, and we honor Him, and it's holy to Him. Why is it holy? It's His. Why are you called a holy people? Because you belong to him. But when you give this, this money, you're saying, I believe in your system, the heavenly system, kingdom finances. I believe that you're my provider, you're my provision. And I demonstrate that by acting on my faith and I give tithe, I give offerings. And God always blesses. It's interesting, you can find people who are, are struggling and they just keep going in and out of, uh, of financial problems and issues and you will find that they're not tithing just about 99% of the time. Or there's mismanagement. So we need to do things God's way and he will honor those that honor him. So if you're writing in check, just continue to write. Let's, let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much. As we give today, we give in faith, we give cheerfully. But most of all, Lord, we give from a heart full of thankfulness, a heart full of love for our Heavenly Father, for you, God. Because you've loved us so much, you've given us so much, and we want to honor you. And we declare that you are our provision you're our supply. You're our everything. You're in the next breath that we breathe. And we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Give as the Lord has directed you to give this morning. And I, I will get this message out. I even thought about, we had a, a, a meeting last week and just didn't get to it and it's been on my heart, and I believe it's, it's really to uh, set the stage for us this year also. But this, this word, uh, when it came, it was just, um, just a quickening, just a thought. And uh, I just kind of developed it and thought about this, and, and uh, the Lord has ministered some things to me. So in Mark chapter 1, in verse... 29, it says, Now as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. 
but Simon's wife, wife's mother lay sick with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand, lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served them. So Jesus touches, it's, it's Peter's mother-in-law, touches her, and she's raised up. And what does she do? It says she immediately served. There's something about when God touches your life that there's something in you that wants to do something, that wants to serve, wants to do something for the one who's touched you. And just as, as Peter's mother-in-law got up to serve and, and, and probably to feed them, just as she received the touch of God, when Jesus touched your life, we should have the same response that we get up and we serve God, that we serve the Lord. Now, she didn't just serve Jesus. It said she served them. She served those that were with Jesus. A lot of people say, I want to serve God, but I don't want to serve people. Well, you can't have both. If you're serving God, you will serve people. And when you serve people, the Bible says that you're doing it unto the Lord. When you serve others, when you're a believer, it's to be unto God's glory. He said, when you bring a cup in my name, the Lord sees it. The Lord takes note of it. When you minister to a child in the name of the Lord, it says you're ministering to him. Said I was sick and where you didn't come visit me. Said, Lord, I never saw you sick. It's when your brother was sick and you didn't visit. You didn't pray. You didn't do. See, it's taken personally by the Lord, our service. But there should be a change when God touches your life to serve others. And that's what Mary did here. Now her hand represents service. He lifted her by the hand and that hand went to work, went to serving the Lord. So there's, there's power when Jesus touches your life to serve and be a blessing to others. Jesus wanted her healed, but he also wanted her to fulfill her destiny. He wanted her to fulfill her purpose, the plan and destiny that God had for her life. She needed to be up off the sickbed. I mean, no, you need to be well to serve the Lord to the full potential to, to maximize what God's placed on the inside of you. You need to be well. Do I get a witness in the house? <clears throat> and that's what happened. Peter's mother-in-law was touched by Jesus. And she was engaged to serve. She was able to flow in her assignment, in the gift, and what God had called her to do. She fed them. So, well, it's not very spiritual. That's very spiritual. 
Everything is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. Well, I, I don't know. Yes, when you're cleaning someone's house, maybe someone's struggling in their health and they're standing and you go clean their house, that's spiritual. Oh, I thought that was practical. The Lord sees it as spiritual. You don't think a cup of water is practical? But Jesus sees it. It's spiritual. Everything is spiritual. When you help um, maybe a, a single mom with some house repairs. Practical. But you're serving Jesus when you do that. It's spiritual. And it'll not go unrewarded. Because he takes note of everything that you do in his name. It is spiritual what we do for others. So we do it unto him. I think about Kim Cooper who every Sunday goes and feeds the homeless. Practical but spiritual. Meaningful. Making a difference. Why? Because Jesus touched her life. And when he touches your life, you're not the same. Something inside says, I need to make a difference. I need to minister to others. I need to pray for people. I need to do things for the kingdom. Because I love him and I love people. But let me tell you, you don't have to be a pastor to be spiritual. Be a part of the worship team. It's what many people think. But when you go to work in the morning, it's spiritual. It's really spiritual when you get out in the traffic in this region, this area. It's spiritual experience. I mean, that's some of the best, best prayer time you can find. <laughs> Help be <me>, Jesus. <laughs> it's spiritual when you go to work. And you're, you're giving your, you're putting your heart in your work. And you're being a blessing. It's spiritual when you're, your business, you're, you're putting forth excellence for the kingdom, for God. It's spiritual. You're a stay-at-home mom. It's spiritual. It makes a difference. Everything in word or deed is to be done for the glory of God. For his glory and his honor. God doesn't just empower us to preach and set people free and heal. He, he empowers us to change diapers. He empowers us to do maintenance or to be a greeter. He empowers us to be a good usher. You've got to be anointed and empowered to be a sound technician. It's the gift of God. His grace on every part of our life. When you're touched by Him, things change. You're never the same. You got to be anointed to work with children. You've got to be anointed to be married. Some of you need to sign up 
<laughs> Those who just elbowed your significant other, sign up. We need it. Those mundane things, those things that seem just so practical, those daily cares, even those things, you need Jesus. We need to rely on him to minister to us. In Luke chapter 6, verse 6, it says, Now it happened on another Sabbath also, they entered the synagogue and taught. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely, whether, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, and they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man, who had the withered hand, Arise and stand here. And he arose and stood. Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy? And when he had looked around at them all, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. But they were filled with rage and discussed with one another what they might do to Jesus. Notice here that his right hand was withered. His right hand, the hand of authority, the hand of power, the hand of a service was withered up. And many Christians have a withered right hand. And it's hard to be effective when you have a defective part of your body, when there's a part of your body that's deformed or handicapped or, or weak and withered. It's hard to be effective as you need to be for God. And, and this man with the withered hand, probably thought, what can I do? Who am I? But there was Jesus in his midst. And Jesus ministered to this one with the withered hand. The body of Christ, there's so many of a withered hand, they're not fulfilling, they're not active, not doing anything for the kingdom. They're self-absorbed in self their, their whole walk with, with God is just a big selfie. So absorbed that they have not, no regard for kingdom business. But see, when you have a withered hand, that engages so much of your thought, so much of your time because of the the handicap, the limitations that are there. Sickness and disease is a hindrance. It's a, it's a limiter. It steals. You know, what's your, what's your withered hand? What does it look like? What is hindering you? It might be an addiction. It might be a sickness and disease. It might be strife in your home. It might be depression or oppression that you just can't seem to get out of. It might be your children. It could be your work, your job. 
could be your coworker, could be your boss, could be your neighbor, could be your dog. What is your hindrance? What is weighing on you? What is causing you to be handicapped, a limiter on your life in the kingdom of God? What is your wither hand? What does it look like? What is it? The good news is Jesus heals the withered hand. The good news is there is a Savior. God wants us healed. He wants our hands healed that we can be his hands in the earth, that we can represent him in this earth. He wants you to use your gifting. What is causing you to not use your gifts? To not use the, the, what God has placed inside of you. What is stopping you? What is stopping you from having time with God or reading the word? Are you addicted to video games? What is it that is hindering you? What's causing you to have a withered hand? God wants to touch you and cause you to be effective in his service. Talking about his touch on your life. It's difficult to serve with a weakness. Missing parts. What is the weakness in your life? What is holding you back from moving forward with God? What do you want to see in 2016? That hindrance, that withered hand, you want to see that thing healed once and for all that you can move forward with God. unforgiveness you need to let it go if God's forgiven you how can you not forgive others it doesn't mean you have to go live with them you might be living with them yes you will in some cases but you got to trust God you got to look to him This man's hand, Jesus healed him on the Sabbath. It upset the scribes and the Pharisees. Said, you're breaking the law. And Jesus said, is it unlawful to do good on the Sabbath? Is it wrong to do good? It's not. Jesus says it's not. But I want you to see, it's interesting to me that this man with the withered hand was healed on the Sabbath. When you really get the revelation of what that means, it was the perfect day for this man to be healed. The perfect day. In Colossians 2, 16. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding the festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. 
And you can see here where it talks about food and drink and all of these. And new moon, these festivals are a shadow. A shadow. And the Sabbath is a shadow, but the substance is Jesus, is Christ. In other words, if you could, if I could be around the corner here and you could just, the doors were open, you could see my shadow. The shadow is evidence or proof that I'm there, that something's there. And in the Old Testament, it was proof that something was to come. Christ was the one who was to come. Now, it would be weird if you came over to my shadow and you could see me and you kept looking and talking to my shadow. You're weird. But see, that's what people do when they say, I've got to fulfill the Sabbath. And there's some that do. They're looking to the shadow when the real thing has come. Christ, Jesus has come. What does this Sabbath, what does it mean? Well, the Sabbath, first of all, let me say that a lot of us, you know, we talk about Sabbath. Is, is it good to take a, a Sabbath? I, I, it is. I think it's wonderful that even in our nation and the earth, they say you need a day off per week. We take advantage of it. And we say that is our Sabbath. There is a rest. If you're a minister, it's usually Monday. That's your Sabbath day. But see, I don't do that. I think it's a good thing to rest your body. It's all kinds of benefits. It can be double meaning in the things that God's showed us in the Old Testament. But this, I don't do it to fulfill a law. I don't do it because I'm fulfilling the Old Testament law. I'm doing it because I can still dedicate it to the Lord, but it's a day of rest. And I do honor God in it. But I'm not under a law. Because the real has come. And Christ is the real. So the Sabbath. Let me read to you uh, Hebrews 4 verse 9 through 10. And I, I don't know about you. When I, I grew up, I remember as a, as a small boy, there were things you couldn't do on Sunday. I mean, you couldn't go fishing. I don't know how I could play sports. That was one I could play. You can't go fishing. <laughs> There's certain things we can't, can't do. All the stores were closed. I mean, it was all closed. You, there was no stores, no, nothing like that. Everything stopped. It was Sunday. Not a bad thing, <laughs> but it all stopped. Now, I never did figure out, you know, going to church there and talking about the Sabbath, and they said the Sabbath is on Saturday. Well, this is Sunday. The Sabbath is Saturday. Never did get a real answer on that one. Anyway. <laughs> and as years have gone, everything's open, everything, you know, goes and, you know, 
you know the story. Hebrews 4, verse 9, There remains therefore rest for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Now, this is what the Sabbath was. The Sabbath reminded Israel, reminded the people that God rested on the seventh day of creation. That's what it was. It was a reminder that God's the creator. And you look at all these other things that were shadows. It was like even food. You consecrate your food. You separate even your food unto the Lord. And it was talking about everything that we do should be centered in the Lord, in God. So this Sabbath reminded everyone who the creator is. And that on the seventh day he rested and therefore you rest. And they, they practiced this, Israel. They would work six days. The seventh day they would rest. And that was a day to remember their creator that God rested on the seventh day of creation and said, is complete, it is finished. Now, Here's an interesting thing. On the seventh year, they took a Sabbath. Uh, it wasn't a day. It was a whole year. They took the whole year off. Now, how many are for some of that? <laughs> took the whole year. And God said, I want the land to, to receive rest. I want you to rest. On the sixth year, I'll give you triple the crop. They worked just as hard as they had First year, second year, third, fourth, fifth. They worked just as hard those years, the sixth year. And the sixth year, they get triple crop. And God said, I'll give you enough for the sixth year, the seventh year, and the eighth year until the crop comes up the eighth year. And the lamb was rested. And then we find in the new covenant there remains a rest for the people of God. There is a, a rest for us. What does that mean? What is he talking about? Now, when you look at Adam and Eve, <clears throat> you got to realize they didn't, they really didn't um, have to put a lot of effort. Everything was provided for them. I mean, no, they didn't go around planting the trees and, and all that. What was their effort? Reach up, take the food, connect with mouth, chew. You know, God wasn't going to take it off the tree and, and self-feed them. But he provided everything for them. And then what happened after the fall? After the fall, it says, man shall by the sweat of his brow, his toil, he'll labor. In the field. In other words, his self-effort, his, his work was there. You know, a lot of people, or some uh, people think that Adam and Eve, that they never sweated. There was no sweat until the fall. Anybody ever heard that? The priest, the priest could not sweat. To be a priest, you couldn't sweat. Or you had to wear special linens and stuff to absorb any sweat. It, you weren't sweat. 
Adam and Eve enjoyed God's total provision, and when God rested, they rested. What was their, their work, though? Just receiving from him. So keep that picture. What about New Testament? <clears throat> well, New Testament, we're a new creation. And by the way, that's the only time that God created something again. After the seventh day, he rested. The only thing we find him creating after that is the new creation, you and I. On the inside, our spirit is brand new. And the Bible says we're complete in him, our spirits are perfect, and it's outside of our efforts. It's outside of anything that we can do. How do we get this? We reach up and receive it. We just take hold of it. He provides it. He did it. He gets the honor and glory. There was no sweat on our part. (laughs) He did it for us. In Ephesians 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We see here that everything that we need has been provided for us. Every spiritual blessing has been provided for us. How do you get the spiritual blessing in the natural? Reach out by faith and receive it. Who gets all the honor and glory? The one that reached out and received it or the one who provided everything? The one who provided everything. At Thanksgiving dinner, I don't go and reach out and get the food and then say, hold it, I want everyone in here to worship me a moment for this meal. No, we're to say thanks to the cook. Thanks. Thanks for your your labor and your work. It's delicious. Will God provide everything? What's our rest? Our rest, our Sabbath rest, is Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross. When's my Sabbath? Every single day. Every single day I rest in the provision that was fulfilled at the cross. What he did for you and I. I rest in that. I'm not trying to talk God into healing me. He's already done it. By his stripes I'm healed. I'm not trying to talk him in. Do you love me? Or do you don't God? He loves me. He demonstrated it at the cross. I'm not trying to talk him into something. I receive from him. Everything, everything that you get from God's already been provided by him. He's just waiting for us to reach out and receive it. That's the reason he gets the glory. So the key for us is to rest in what Jesus did for us at the cross. He provided peace. He provided joy. He provided all provision. He provided security. He provided rest at the cross for you and I. There is a rest. Now he says to labor to enter into that rest. 
Because our culture and the voices of this world are declaring there is no rest. There is no peace. There is some peace, but you're going to have to smoke this. There is some peace or you're going to have to pop this pill. But we have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It doesn't matter what the world is saying or what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter that some mosquito has gone wild and, and just attacking people named Zika. We rebuke Zika. We're blessed. We're favored by God. And we can rest in it. We can rest in it. Even when you fail and you mess up, God still loves you because he's in love with Jesus and you're in Christ. You're in him. The cross, the blood has cleansed you from all guilt and all shame. His blood has not lost its power. It cleanses and makes us whole. I can rest that the blood's been spilled. I can rest that he's gone to the cross. I can rest that I can't mess up and not have his love completely towards me. My Sabbath is every day. Every day I can rejoice in him. Every day I have his presence. You don't have you know, he didn't just show up because we all got together. He came with you and you and you and you. Well, I felt his presence here. It's the only time I feel his presence. It's because you slowed down enough to put down your flesh and all that your mind is focusing on and you focused on him. You can focus on him in your car and his presence will come. God's rest, his Sabbath. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. And he gives you rest. Doesn't mean I don't do works. I don't do works to get saved. I don't do works to obtain salvation. I do works because I am saved. I'm not trying to earn something from him. I can't add to the cross I want to serve him because he's touched my life. He's given me eternal life. I don't do something to get points with him. Every Christian who doesn't service, do service in the kingdom and walking, um, serving God you know what happens? It doesn't mean they lose their salvation. They get no rewards. I want some rewards. What about you? Well, we got to get the withered hand healed. Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, verse 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We're living in the Sabbath rest of Jesus' finished work on the cross. Thank you, Lord. But what this man did, Jesus says, arise and stand. Arise and stand. Jesus always asks us to do something, to respond in faith. 
Arise and stand. And he said, stretch out your withered hand. Give to him your hindrance, your weakness. That thing that's causing you to stumble, that addiction, whatever it is, give it to him and let him restore. Let him heal. Let him make whole. Let him break through. Let him bring his freedom. That you can serve God. They say in the church, 20% of the people are serving doing anything. I believe for 100%. I want everyone in this church to hear well done, good and faithful servant. Not for you to be in line and you stand before the Lord and his goes, well, what happened to you? Well done. God doesn't grade on the curve. It's not going to be, oh, everyone in this line gets well done, good and faithful servant. No. It's not the way it works. How many want to be healed of that weakness, that hindrance? Now, personally, I think we all have a place of a withered hand. I think we all do. So I want us all to arise and stand. What the Lord said to this man, arise and stand. And I want you to... I want you just to hold your hand like this, your, your withered hand. Your withered hand. I want you to mean this from your heart. That you want 2016 to be different. And those limiting things, those hindrances, those things that have stopped you from fulfilling your gift and are flowing in service to God, whatever the hindrance has been, you want to give it to Jesus. And you want him to touch your hand and cause you to be made whole. To cause you to go forth in 2016 like never before. To cause you to fulfill the dreams that God has placed within your heart. God wants you to fulfill your assignment. He has a plan for your life. He's not hiding it from, me, from you. A lot of people are running from it. I want you to embrace it. That's where the rewards are, is doing what he says do. That's where the blessing is. It might be that you're lukewarm. And you need the passion of God. All you have to do is say, Lord, I want that passion that I had for you when I first fell in love with you. When I first came to you, I want that passion. It's good to want passion. You know what? He hears that prayer. He'll give it to you. Whatever that hindrance is. Lord Jesus, we stand before you, God. You said to arise and stand in 2016. To arise... And stand. 
For the blessings of the Lord are at hand. And it's in your hand. As you apply the hand, your hand, my hand will be in your hand. So rise and say enough is enough. I'm not letting this flesh dictate to me any longer. I'm not letting lack and poverty stop me from giving to God. I'm not letting strife into my life any longer. I'm not letting my life be a passionless life for God. I choose life. I choose God. And whatever your hindrance is, just to yourself, just whisper that, what it is. And then, as an act of faith, we're going to all stretch out our hand. Let's do it now. Stretch out your hand. Lord, take our withered hands and make it whole. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Father, I thank you for your word today. God, you want the limits off. And today we've taken that step and you've touched. And we believe you're touching our lives. The Lord just gave me something. He sees the end from the beginning. And he said to write out what you see your life as without that hindrance, without that withered hand. Write out in detail and keep that vision before you. Write out the end results, what you want to see. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, I thank you for healings all over this house all over this place. I thank you for peace and rest. I thank you for husbands and wives making peace with each other. I thank you for children uniting back with their parents and stop the, the rebellion stops. I thank you for addictions falling off Addiction to prescription medication, alcohol, drugs, marijuana, addiction to pornography. Lord is touching withered hands. That attack against your soul that says you're not good enough. God says you're good enough because I make you good enough. That weariness here. You have no energy. Be strong in the power of his might. He gives energy. He gives strength. He'll renew your life. Like the eagles. Thank you, Lord. Ask prayer partners to come down. If you need Jesus, 
everybody just bow your heads. You need Jesus today. And let me say this. We just, we just prayed for everyone, but if you want someone to pray with you, agree with you, come down. Have these agree with you. Then pray for you. But if you never accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life, or maybe you're coming home to him today, I want you to come and see one of these. Lift your hand if that's you. Is anyone? No looking around. See those hands. Thank you, Lord. Let's, let's say this together. Say, dear Lord, thank you for Jesus. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I come home. I come back to where you've called me. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy, and your love. I belong to you. And I give you worship. In Jesus' name. You prayed that, come and let these pray with you. If you, the withered hand and that hindrance, come and receive agreement. Come and receive prayer. I want someone to lay hands on you. Let these come and lay hands on you. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277.